welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! Um, last week's message on Boxing Day, I don't know if you heard about it or heard it, sorry, or watched it. I'd encourage you to go back. I believe it was a very prophetic message as we exit or exited 2021 into 2022. I felt like it was more of a message around pre- uh, preparation. And I want to continue sort of this uh, prophetic encouragement underlying theme that was on the 26th for Boxing Day for today's message. I want to encourage us. I, I really prayed about what God would have me share to encourage us from a prof- on, a, on a prophetic level in the sense of interpreting and expecting what God wants us to position our hearts like for the year 2022. I want to start the year off right. You want to start the year off right. And I want to share some things that God showed me for the year 2022. Now, I know that's just a year. It's just a date. But sometimes for people, in fact, most of the time for people, we need moments like this to hit the reset button. And that's okay. And so we kind of talked a little bit about preparation last week. Today, we're going to go a little bit deeper. And I want to open with Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. And this is about the people wondering if John the Baptist was in fact the Messiah. I mean, the things that he was doing, the things that he was saying, even though we know John the Baptist was uh, a voice crying in the wilderness, preparing the way for Jesus himself, was also a relative of Jesus. And uh, we know this because of the genealogy, of course, but of course of Elizabeth and Mary's encounter uh, and more. But you can read it in the beginning of Luke if you want to. But Luke chapter 3 verse 15 says, During those days when people were thinking that John the Baptist was... um, In fact, the Messiah, he wasn't, of course, but they thought he was, and he was doing things like he was baptizing people. And it was in that moment, in that scenario, during all these baptisms that were happening and the preaching that he was doing, that they, everyone, it says in verse, uh, chapter, chapter three of Luke, verse 15, during those days, everyone, it says, was gripped. Everyone say gripped. I want to be gripped with messianic expectations, the expectation of Jesus showing up and saving the day, believing the Messiah could come at any moment. And many began to wonder if John might be the Christ. They were wondering, they were gripped with expectation uh, of of Jesus himself showing up on the scene and changing the game. That at any moment, the Messiah they'd been waiting for, for centuries, could just be, be there. And John the Baptist was actually a part of preparing the way for that to happen. But I love this, and I want to highlight this idea that they were gripped with expectation, with messianic expectation. I want to be gripped. My prayer for 2022 is to be gripped with expectation of things that have been promised to us things that have been spoken over our lives, things that we believe are from not only his word to us today and things that he's promised us, but maybe prophetic words, things that you felt God's promised you in your prayer life. God's going to answer your prayer. God's going to 
you know, do the thing that you've been believing for him to do for a decade now. God's going to do some things. There's going to be a turning of the tide in the year 2022. And I just believe God wants us at the beginning of the year 2022 to be gripped like the people were with an expectation for the promise that had been laid out years before in our lives, decades before in our lives, even since we were the beginning of time, that in this year we would see some of those expectations become realities in and through our life. This word expectation literally means to wait for, to look for, to look for with anticipation. It, it means to live in a state of expectation. My prayer today is that you would be gripped with expectation. My prayer today is that in 2022, you would live in an experience of the state of expectation. And so I'm calling this message today, which is really a prophetic encouragement for this year, for all of you watching. Maybe you're watching after the fact, whatever the time may be for you, this is for you. My message is titled, Great Expectations. Great Expectations, words for 2022. Like I said, I was praying uh, for some guidance uh, of things that I feel like the Holy Spirit wants us to be gripped with and expect this year. And there were five things that stood out to me, five things as I was praying that God gave me, he gave me these words and he gave me five of them. And uh, they connect, each word connects with each other. And I believe it's kind of a little bit of a chronological sequence, although I don't think it has to be that way. But I do, there, I do believe there is a little bit of a chronological sequence. Number one, this is what he shared with me. If you're taking notes, he said water walking. It would be a water walking season. A water walking. Now I know just several weeks ago, I preached from the, uh, out, of the, uh, out of the passage of Matthew chapter 14 where Peter walked on the water. He was in the boat in a storm and he was called out to walk on the water. Jesus came walking on the water and Peter said, if it's really you, Lord, call to me. They thought he was a ghost, call to me. And then Jesus said, yes, come, it is me. And Peter got up out of what's comfort, what was comfortable, out of what was convenient, out of what was felt like the only thing protecting him in the storm that he was afraid and all the disciples were afraid to die in. He got up out of what was comfortable to go after God, to go after his voice, to listen, to be obedient, to step out into something that was unknown, new territory, unfamiliar. This is what happened in Matthew chapter 14, verse 29. Obedience is key in water walking seasons. When you don't understand, it doesn't make sense. And you're not just walking by what you see in life, you're walking by who you know to be with you in life, Jesus at your side, co-laboring with him. The Bible calls us co-laborers in Christ. We are participating, we are cooperators. We, are, we, are, we have, we have a, a inheritance that's from him. We have an inheritance from him. We are co-heirs, the Bible calls us, with him. So his inheritance is my inheritance, is your inheritance. We are called to walk side by side. One of the reasons, one of the prophetic symbols in the spear going through the side of Jesus at the very last moment, it was a symbol of the union that we would have walking side by side, just like the union that would happen between man and woman as a reflection of God in relationship. Mary, or not Mary, Eve was taken out of the side of 
man to walk side by side. It wasn't about one dominating the other. It was about uh, an equal equality of walking and balance together side by side. The same way that we, as the bride of Christ, are called to walk side by side with Jesus as co-laborers and co Heirs. And so part of co, um, part of this whole cooperative or, or cooperation that we have with Jesus is obedience. Obedience is key. Being led by the Spirit is key in water walking seasons. I'm prophesying that we are entering, you are entering into a water walking season. You're stepping into new territory. You're stepping into unfamiliar places in this season. Maybe it's a new job, new career shift. Maybe it's a new location of living. Maybe, you know, you're having a baby and your family's expanding. You're being called into new levels of leadership, new levels of responsibility. It feels unfamiliar. And my prayer is that just like the people in John the Baptist's day, that you would be gripped with an expectation to be called out onto the water in 2022, to be called out into some things that are unfamiliar. And yes, you may sink a little bit, but remember that Jesus is right there to pick you up. You won't drown. You may sink, but you won't drown. You may feel like it's over, but it's not over because Jesus, if he calls you, he will take care of you. He's got your back. He's always with you. He is omnipresent. That's the beauty of who God is. He's with us all the time. His presence does not leave us. And so thank God for that. I remember that uh, in many different seasons of my life where I felt like I was in water walking season, when we actually, we launched our School of Daniel, which is now called the School of Supernatural, or Supernatural Leadership School. We launched our School of Daniel in 2004 officially. Um, you know, we, we were holding six-week courses, three-day intensives, uh, one-day intensives, and I did this around the world. And then eventually in 2012, we launched our... 21-day intensive module or 21-day intensive model of the school, which was an extension of the School of Daniel. And that was a big deal because we were inviting in guest speakers from around the world. And we honestly, at that point, had no budget for this. We never really operated from that vantage point back then where we did it purely by faith. God was calling us to pioneer. And sometimes when you pioneer, often when you pioneer, you don't have what you feel like you need to start. You may, all you have is a machete. That's all you've got. You don't have the building supplies to build anything. You just got a machete to clear the land. And that's all I felt like we had in the beginning when we launched our school as a 21-day intensive in 2012. Like I said, 2004, the model had been different for years, for years. But in 2012, we launched the 21-day intensive. And I remember thinking in my heart, man, like there's no way we're going to be able to pull this off because it was a budget. It was like multiples of, you know, five digits. And we just didn't have the, the funding. We didn't have the funding, but we made it work and God always provided a way. And I'm like, how are you going to bring the students? Because the only way that this is going to work is if the students, if the students come, if the students pay the tuition to so we can make this happen. You know, we weren't making money off of the school. The school simply was to be an investment into the people and just to cover the cost to make this happen. And every time, every time I would start a 21 day intensive, we did like so many of them, I would go into like, Honestly, I had to say a little bit of fear mode. I would feel a little bit overwhelmed. I'd feel like, man, I am being called out onto the water again. I feel like I'm, I could sink. This could sink us. This is scary. And every time, 
every single time I felt like when we ended the three week, 21 day intensive, it was like I'd walked on water again. God continued to show me over and over again his faithfulness in pioneering, his faithfulness in stepping out, his faithfulness in uh, uh, being an entrepreneur and having a vision and not necessarily knowing how it was all gonna go down. That's what water walking seasons look like. You're going into a water walking season, I'm prophesying to you in this season, and you're stepping out of the boat of what's comfortable into what's uncomfortable. So get ready for some waves, get ready for some, I don't know how this is gonna go down, get ready for some thoughts like, I could sink at any moment, but remember that if he's called you, you're gonna walk on the water and you're gonna thank him for it, even if it feels overwhelming and stressful. Number two, number two, I heard the words painful stretching. Painful stretching. And I heard three separate things that I feel like I wanna share with you today under this idea of painful stretching. Water walking, we have number one. Number two, painful stretching. It's gonna be a year of painful stretching. And I heard these three uh, statements that I wanna just share with you. Stop trying to win wars that only your worship can win. Stop trying to win wars that only your worship can win. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22, very fitting for the year 2022. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22. Should I say it again for those in the back? Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22. As they begin to sing in praise, this is when now we know the Ammonites, the Moabites, and some Munites declared war on Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah, okay? And so Jehoshaphat, as the lead, is trying to figure out, okay, how are they gonna win this battle? What are they gonna do? And it says in verse 22, as they begin to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. In some translations, it says they were thrown into confusion. And I share at the beginning of last year, the first Sunday of January, talking about worship and about how worship wins the battle, worship wins in warfare. And when we're under the, the, the pressure, the best thing we can do is worship. The best thing we can do is thank God. The best thing that we can do is praise. That it, where, where we're, out, we're elevating ourselves above the situation to see like he sees. Because really, that's what worship is. It's about going beyond our own personal junk and trauma and circumstances and getting our head in the clouds, so to speak, getting our head with him, getting our perspective of him, getting a healthy view of our situation. That's what praise looks like. It's beyond and above all the things that we're facing here. It's like the vertical approach versus just dealing horizontally all the time. All the things we're like wrestling with, all the things in front of us. We have a vertical approach, a vertical perspective, and that's God first, and that deals with all the things down here. I believe in this season, as we continue from last year, that worship is absolutely key. Stop trying to win wars that only your worship can win. When the, when the people of Judah begin to sing praise and begin to thank God very simply and begin to worship, all the enemies that were attacking them all of a sudden begin to attack each other. And they won the battle. They won the war as a result of their worship. There are battles in this year that you're only going to win because of your worship. The second thing, second phrase or statement, stop trying to get even for things that God will handle. 
Stop trying to get even for things that God will handle. Proverbs 20, verse 22, very fitting. I'll say it for those in the back again, for the year 2022. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 22. Don't say, I will get even for this wrong. Wait for the Lord to handle the matter. This is a year where trust, part of what trust looks like this year is really letting God handle our battles, handle the things that we want to get even with, that we want to, maybe we want some revenge. We feel that inside of us. We want to get even and send this email, make that phone call, do this thing, say this thing on social media, whatever. We have to let Jesus, I believe. And I'm, I, I think when, when I say this, please do not hear that we don't do anything, that we don't stand up. I'm not saying that, but there are things that you will know in your spirit where, where, where this year, these battles are not your battles to, f- to fight. And you're going to want revenge. You're going to want like some sort of outcome to make you feel like you came out on the other side on top. And I believe it's a year, it's a season where God is just reminding us, don't say, I will get even for this wrong. Wait for the Lord to handle the matter. Stop trying to get even for things that God will handle. And the third statement that I heard was stop trying to run from what hurts. And this really connects to the point of painful stretching. It's all part of our painful stretching. It's painful to worship when there's enemies, I'm talking about spiritually, coming at us all the time. It's painful to praise when we don't feel like it because of the circumstances we're living in. It's painful to not want to revenge or get even for things that we feel like where there's an injustice against us. It's painful sometimes to trust God with, with handling these matters. It's painful to, to, to um, run or to, to, face, to face, sorry, the things that are trying to hurt us or are hurting us presently. And I feel like often it's like we, we try to run from what hurts us to protect ourselves, to protect our lives, to protect our heart. And I think there's an element of healthy pain, healthy stretching, You know, if you want to learn how to do the splits, you're going to be in pain. If you want to stretch and become more flexible, it's going to cost you some pain. You're going to feel it's going to hurt a little bit. And I want to encourage us in the year 2022 to stop running from what hurts. Do what's painful. In fact, aim for it. Look for it. This is where the growth will be. Look for where the areas that you don't want to address the most in your life the areas that you want to run from the most that feel the most painful, you feel that way because I believe there's the most reward and breakthrough. And for you to get that breakthrough and reward, you have to move through the pain. You got to address it and move ahead. Don't just keep putting a Band-Aid on it, hoping it's going to fix itself. Address it. Don't sleep it under the rug. Lift the rug and deal with all of it. It says in James chapter 1, verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials, of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let perseverance finish its work. You need perseverance to move through pain. You need perseverance to be able to count it all joy when trials come of many kinds. And if you let perseverance finish its work, you will be mature. Maturity, growth, leadership, influence. It all happens as a result of not quitting and not giving up and moving towards the pain 
rather than from the pain. It says in another translation, the New, New Living Translation, same, uh, same verse, chapter two, my brethren count it all joy when you fall into or are caught by various trials, consider it an opportunity for great joy, knowing that testing of your faith produces patience. This, this word for trial, okay, is a person or thing or situation that tests a person's endurance or forbearance. The trials and tribulations, let's say, for example, of married life, of any relationship, of, of management, of leadership, of any area of life that involves people. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. It says in John chapter 16, verse 33, in this world, you will have tribulation. This word means pressure, stress, anguish, adversity, crushing, squashing, squeezing. The word is used of crushing grapes of olives in a press. If you want oil out of an olive, you have to crush it. The best way to get the most precious commodities out of things in life is to break, to crush, to squash, to get what's inside, you have to get it out sometimes through what feels painful. It's painful stretching. Matthew chapter 13, verse 21, the one who stumbles because of tribulation, because he has no root, only endures for a while. It's the parable of the sower. I don't want to stumble because of tribulation. I want to have my roots go deep. So embrace the painful stretching. Romans chapter five, verse three, glory in tribulation because they produce perseverance. Romans 12, verse 12, be patient in tribulation. Be patient. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse four, stay joyful in tribulation. This, this, once again, this is about pressure. This is about stretching. It's about what feels painful. Now, some of you already in point two, you're freaking out. You're like, I don't want this word. I don't accept this word. The, the blood of Christ compels you. You know, like in your mind, you're like, you don't want this word. You don't want any more pain. I'm not saying you're going to have pain. I'm just saying when it comes, cause it will. Okay. So I am kind of saying you're going to have it cause it's part of growing. You can't grow without pain. You can't build muscle without tearing the muscle. It's a part of life. The, the Christian life is not about all, it's not about, it's not bubble gum and fairies all day long, every day. There is a process of moving forward and it feels like something. And often in moving forward, in pioneering, in breaking through, in believing God to answer the prayers that you've been praying for a decade and it still hasn't happened, it can feel painful. It's part of the, the faith growing process. And so aim for it, embrace it, lean into it. Love it. Count it all joy. Get your heart to a place where you're like, man, this is a challenge. There's a problem. There's a problem. There's also a solution. How am I going to solve this? How am I going to position my heart? How am I going to worship during this painful stretching season? Number three, unusual prosperity. Oh, you guys like that one. Eh? You didn't like the first two, but you like the, like this one. Un unusual prosperity. I really felt God spoke to me and said, unusual prosperity. John chapter two, verse six to 10 is the story. Actually, it's, there's more verses in this, but I just highlighting this one spot here. Uh, talking about where Mary and Jesus had this interaction where they were at a wedding in Cana of Galilee and there was no more wine left. And so Mary, in faith, turns to Jesus, her own son, and says, listen, we got to do something. We need to take that water, 
or not the water, those empty wine uh, jugs and somehow do a miracle Jesus and get some more wine. And Jesus looks at Mary and says, woman, what does your issue have to do with me? It's not my time. I can't do this. It's not my time to shine yet. There's an appointed time for the son of God to shine and it's not right now. And Mary ignores the comment of Jesus and looks at his disciples and says, do whatever he tells you to. And then lo and behold, we know the story. Jesus asks his disciples to fill the jugs up with wine, or sorry, with water. And he turns, does his first ever recorded miracle and turns the water into wine. There was an unusual prosperity moment. And we read it in verse six, chapter two of John, when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over and said, a host always serves the best wine first. He said, then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. It's such a prophetic, symbolic foreshadowing of the new covenant. You know, that the old was good, but the new is better. The old was good, the old covenant was good, but the new was better. There's more glory on the new covenant. Jesus was the introduction to the better, more glorious new covenant. Although under the old covenant, the glory of God literally shone on Moses, his face. So much we had to wear a veil, the Bible says, people couldn't even look at him. But the new covenant, that much more glorious that came through Jesus, came through Jesus is much more glorious. In other words, God saved the best wine for last. We are that new covenant, the last covenant, and we have the best wine. It was a sort of a foreshadowing, prophetic, symbolic, you know, declaration of what was to come. And he turns the water into wine, unlocking something so unusual in a moment where Jesus, the son of God himself, said it wasn't my time. Mary's faith unlocked prosperity in a moment that wasn't supposed to be according to Jesus. It wasn't, and it wasn't for the people even the way they thought. He turned water. Why did he have to turn water into wine? Why couldn't he have just put wine miraculously into these, into these jugs, into these barrels? Like why, why couldn't have that happened? Because sometimes God chooses to do things in unusual ways. And yes, there's many different layers of why it's water into wine. And we can go into all the symbolic, prophetic, scriptural reasons why water was chosen. Because everything was for a reason. But just above all that, without getting super deep spiritually in this moment about that, we could just say, listen, it was an unusual prospect prosperous moment, an unusual miracle. And I want to prophesy to us in 2022 to expect, to be gripped with expe expectation for unusual prosperity, that things that look like impossible all of a sudden become possible, that ways of provision, ways of unlocking wealth in certain areas of our lives. You need something and you don't know how it's going to happen. I just believe that there's going to be unusual prosperity coming your way. And I'm not trying to give you this like prophecy, this hopium to kind of like boost you, this hype to be, this is what I feel God spoke to me. And so I'm, I am expecting for prosperity to come in different areas of my life. And I'm not just thinking by the way, money at all. Okay. I'm talking about, it could be relational, it could be family. I'm talking about anything that prospers the soul, prospers the soul in health, 
I just believe that there's gonna be some unusual moments in 2022 that will feel like unusual prosperity. Or like, man, God, you provide, but that was really unusual. And I want us to be gripped with expectation for that. Number four, I believe, this is what I heard, time is the test. Time is the test. There's a verse in Proverbs chapter 17, verse three, sorry, it's not 2022, 17, verse three, the crucible for silver and the furnace for gold. So the crucible is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. And the heart is connected in direct correlation with what happens to silver in a crucible and what happens to gold in a furnace. And I just believe that in this season, one of the greatest ways that we can test if something is credible, if something is legitimate, if someone is legitimate and credible in our life, maybe it's business partner, I don't know, maybe it's a future spouse or something. I just believe this is how, this is how I heard it, that time will be the way that we test things in this season. Not only, of course, we have the word, okay? So please don't hear me. When I say these things, don't be like, I'm saying it as, this is it, this is the only thing. This is what I'm, I'm encouraging you to look for in different ways in this season, having an expectation to say, okay, of course the word is my gauge. I'm gonna test all things. I'm gonna test a whole fast of what is good, like the Bible says. I'm gonna test the spirit, but I'm gonna look for longevity. I'm gonna look for time to be something that helps me test whether something is right or something is wrong. Just like silver has to go into a crucible for a certain time, and the gold has to go into a furnace for a certain time, so that all the impurities could come out, and so it could be purified into its, you know, ex ex expected state. I wanna say this to you, try things, test them, and then evaluate. Because some things are only made known through time. For example, like with, with talking about ore, okay? Ore is a type of rock that contains sufficient minerals and important elements, including metals that can be economically extracted from the rock. The refiner puts broken, crushed ore into a crucible, a fireproof melting pot able to withstand extreme heat. Then the refiner places the crucible into the furnace at the precise temperature necessary for removing other metals that would mar the quality of the gold or the silver. Just as the furnace is used to purify silver in the crucible, our refiner uses heat to purify our hearts and cleanse our character. This is happening to us all the time. After the refiner painstakingly skims off these impurities, he then turns up the heat and places the crucible back into the blistering furnace. Again and again, up to seven times, we are told in historical literature, impurities rise to the surface. He knows that only certain impurities are released at certain temperatures. And this is where we also see this coming true in Proverbs chapter 12, verse six, that says, and the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. Now, all of this content really easily, in my opinion, could fall under this whole idea of tribulation and painful stretching and, and number two that we talked about. But I put it under here because I feel like the things that are the most pure in life often are the things that are time tested. And you need time to go through painful stretching. If you want to learn the splits, you can't just do one stretch one time that's painful. You got to keep doing it over and go to, over again. You may have to be doing it for a year, a year of painful stretching, a year of uncomfortable stretching before you can even come close to the splits every single night of the week. And the reason why I'm using that terminology is because actually I would like to eventually learn the splits. A little confession time. 
I don't know if it's gonna happen. I need to go through some very painful stretching to do it. But I believe it is possible, just like anything. But I have to put the time in. And I believe that it's gonna be time tested. If I can, if I'm consistent in the painful stretching, I'll come out like gold. I'll have splits of gold, splits of silver. I'm sorry, I'm just using symbolic imagery to explain my point. But I heard this one time from, I can't remember who it was. And it always stuck with me. And I don't necessarily think it's it's true in all cases, but I get the premise of what he was saying is that he said he didn't trust leaders that hadn't been broken. And I see validity in that because when you've been broken and put back together, there is something that happens where you just become, and I and I like I said, if you if you haven't, you know, you're young and you haven't been through hell and back yet, you can be trusted. I'm not saying you can't be trusted, but there's something that happens when you've been broken. There's a wisdom that comes when you've been through stuff in life, when you've been through tribulation, when you've been through pressure, when you've been through loss, when you've been through grief, you've had pain in your life. There's something that happens to your soul that makes you trustworthy. And I, I don't want that to come across, like I said, like that you're not trustworthy if you haven't. But I think the most trustworthy leaders out there are those that have been broken, that have been crushed, and have come out on the other side. Have come out on the other side of wisdom. They've persevered. They've lived out James, what I talked about in James, about moving through trials and and persevering and maturing. What happens when you persevere through trials? You mature. You become complete. And there's something about brokenness that really helps us mature. And the Bible talks about that God is close to the contrite. He's close to the broken. You know, when you're, I would rather be a broken pot than a whole pot in the sense of I can be broken and put back together and you see my cracks and guess what? You put a candle on there and that light shines through the cracks. I want my light to shine and express that I've been broken and put back together by the master himself, put back together by the potter himself. I am the clay and he is the potter. And there's going to be times when a piece of me breaks off. And if I let him heal me and put that piece back, I'll always see that little fracture line. And that light will penetrate through that fracture line and show the world that I've been broken and put back together. I'd rather be a cracked pot than a whole pot. And so thank God if you're a cracked pot out there, if you're a cracked pot, be happy because the light of God is going to shine greater through you than if you had it all together and you look just looked like per- perfect all the time, your light wouldn't be as strong. And so there's something about time is the test in 2022. Look for that in the people you're with and the people you're aligning yourself with and the leaders you're aligning yourself around and those that are pouring into you. Um, in many areas of life, maybe you're on the quest for a spouse. Uh, maybe you're on the quest for whatever it is, business partner. Look for the time. Look for the time that tests where someone's heart is at. And I believe it will really help you in 2022. Number five, last point. He spoke to me these words, restful rewards. Restful rewards. And often we think of this in a way that makes it sound like we don't have to work. You know, we can be idle. And in fact, the Bible is very Dead set actually against that. We believe in the word that, you know, being idle is actually a sin to, to not do, to not, to not work enthusiastically as though we're working for God, as the Bible t- talks about, encourages us to be idle is to be in sin, to just sit around doing nothing and expect that things are just going to work out. There is a process for us, but there's something about restful work that God wants to bring us into. 
And it's not what you think. This is letting his peace, God's peace manifest in the place of greatest frustration. Think about the place right now of your greatest frustration and when it comes to what you're doing in life. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's things that aren't moving forward. Things that you've been toiling. You've been working super hard and it's just not been working out. Not You've not been seeing the results that you wanted to, to see. And it's the place of frustration. My prayer is for you to have the restful, restful reward in that place of frustration. My prayer is that you would begin to let his peace in that area of greatest frustration. When the peace of God hits the place of greatest frustration, we begin to operate in a state of rest and begin to access the reward of that rest. I want to read this Ecclesiastes verse because I actually heard, I felt the Lord say there's a key verse in Ecclesiastes that I want you to connect to this, Sean. And I, I, it, I landed on Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 22. It's not quite 2022, but 2 verse 22. What do people get for all the toil and anxious striving? with which they labor under the sun. We know that Solomon, near the end of his life, especially in a lot of the Ecclesiastes, he sounds quite, um, almost quite depressed. Here we have Solomon, king, you know, the wealthiest, the wisest of all the land. People would come from all around to just to come hear his wisdom. And he was the wealthiest, had the most riches. And here he is, knowing so much and yet feeling like he knew so little. Knowing so much and yet he felt like he was just, it wasn't enough. Like it, it wasn't satisfaction. And here he has having all these realizations of the toil and the work and yet little reward in the sense of, and and because we often, we, we measure reward saying, well, how can that be? Because he had all the wealth and how could that be? He had everything he ever wanted. But that's not the reward that he was talking about. He could feel still a level of emptiness. Is that like sometimes you can work, 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 work and get, 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 get and still be so empty on the other side. I believe there's a spiritual reward that God wants to give us in this season as we rest and let the peace of God enter into the frustration in our life, in our career, in our families, in our marriages, in our relationships, in every area of our life, asking God, God, let the peace come in. Let the peace come in. I want to find rest in this place of frustration because in that place of frustration, there's a reward. And that reward, I believe, is harvested when we can let his peace come in and find rest that God, you're going to take care of this. I'm going to do my part. I'm not going to be idle. I'm not going to just stop. I'm not going to just be here and do nothing but I'm gonna let the peace of God enter in. I'm gonna operate in a spirit of rest. I'm not gonna rest like go to bed at night and sleep for 18 hours a day. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm gonna operate in a spirit of rest, spiritually speaking, and I'm gonna access as a result the reward of the frustration season that I've been in or the reward of the frustrating thing that I'm living in. It's not about toil, it's about trust. You know, we, we and I, I've said this before in the past, like people always talk about, you see it all on social media, hustle, hustle, it makes me cringe. It's like this virtue signaling that the harder you work, the cooler you are and the, the more inspiring you are. And it's like, man, it's like, do these people even have families? Like, do they have kids? Like, I don't know. Are they intact? Is this their third, fourth marriage? Like, you're talking about hustling, 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 getting two hours of sleep at night. Like, that's just not cool. Like, the, the, no one can live that out and have really a rewarding life at the end of their life. I believe God wants you to work smarter in this season, not just harder. It's not about the toil. It's about trusting God and being in rest in the place of frustration, in the place of busyness, finding his peace so you can access the reward. It's like Psalms 46.10. Be still 
and know that I am God. The knowing of God is in the stillness, not just being still like we think, just being still. Like, that's not what he's talking about. It's just getting out of yourself, getting out of all the craziness for a moment and learning how to incorporate and invite God into your chaos. To give God a piece of your time to let him into your chaos. The more you do that, the more peace, because he's Mr. Peace himself, he's the Prince of Peace. The more peace that comes into your chaos, the more rewards that you are going to access in this season. Remember, it takes rest physically to build muscle. You can work out seven days a week, hard, you can do all the things, take all the supplements and you want. If you don't get proper rest, you will not build the muscle you need. In fact, you will hold more water, you'll hold more excess fat because you need the rest to help the rebuilding process. And I wanna take that and apply this spiritually. You need to find spiritual rest, not physical, spiritual rest in all the areas of the things that are causing you the most frustration if you're gonna build the spiritual muscle that's gonna give you the rewards you're looking for in this next season. And ultimately, God will exceed it all. We're called to have a gripped or be gripped with expectation this year. I believe God's calling us to do this, but in the end, God's going to exceed it all. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Believe that, lean into that. Some of you are like, I've heard that verse a million times. It's old news. I don't want to hear it again. It's discouraging because you've had so much hope deferred in the past season. You don't want to believe in me more anymore. Well, listen, I would rather believe and fail 10,000 times than be in unbelief and never access what could be. So you can pick, believe and fail, believe and have hope deferred, believe and be disappointed, or never believe again to protect yourself, to be in defense, to guard your heart, but then miss out on all the things that God wants to do in your life. You will never lose when you believe. You will never lose when you will only lose when you stop believing. And so I want to recap the things that I feel that God is guiding us into to encourage us to lean into and expect in 2022. Number one, water walking. We're water walking. God's calling us out of the boat of what's comfortable into what's uncomfortable. Number two, painful stretching. Painful stretching. Embrace the stretch. Embrace it. Go after it. Aim for it. Count it all joy when there's some pain in your life. and Embrace it because you know you're going to grow from it. Number three, unusual prosperity. Expect it. Expect what shouldn't be to be. Expect what's impossible to be possible. Number four, remember time is the test. Let time be one of the ways that we test certain things that we're moving into in 2022. Remember, I believe that it's so important that we look for brokenness because brokenness and those that have come on the other side of brokenness, I believe uh, have uh, a trustworthiness to them. And not, I'm not just talking about people when I say this as well. It could be anything in life, like businesses that you're involved with, career paths, anything. Look for the time-tested trustworthiness of the thing, whatever it is. Number five, restful rewards. Invite his peace. Invite his rest into the place of greatest frustration. I hope this really encouraged you for the first Sunday of 2022. Guys, let's pray. I want to pray for you as we close, and I want to believe that this year will be a year to be gripped with expectation. So God, I thank you for this moment. I pray that you would just reinforce everything that was said. God, you remove anything that 
may that that may not be the way you wanted to say it. God, I pray that you would filter my words. I pray that you would would speak to everyone listening the way that you need them to hear it. That they would forget what they didn't need to hear and remember what they do need to hear. God, I pray that you would, like a seed, let these words be a seed and then take the water and water that seed and so that there be a harvest this year of some of these things that were shared. Give us a Give us what it feels like to be gripped with expectation for this year. Let us feel expectation. Let us feel anticipation. Let us have this this state of being where we're looking for what it is that you're going to do in 2022 and expecting it with great faith. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would let let discouragement be a thing of 2021. Let hopelessness be a thing of 2021. But this year, God, I just pray that you would mark this year with just great, great encouragement and expectation. And that in the painful stretching moments, in the tribulation, in the pressure, in the challenges, that you would give us the strength we need, the wisdom that we need, the problem solving that we need, the 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 encouragement to praise and to rise above our situation, our issue, our circumstance. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would do miracles in 2022, that you would really exceed our expectation. Ephesians 3 verse 20, that you would go above and beyond what we can ask or think or even imagine this year in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy New Year, Kingdom Culture. We love you. Can't wait to see you in person. Once again, join us January 23rd for our soft launch with our team. If you want to be involved in that soft launch, join our team. Information below. We'd love for you to be a part of that relaunch as we move forward to meet again. We'll see you soon.